Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Venom in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. As if it wasn't enough that we already get three Marvel Cinematic Universe films a year, uh, we also have these weird Sony Spider-Man offshoot movies that are going to start cropping up. Maybe, Maybe not much longer, but at least one, probably two. And uh, it's a big movie. Uh, Made a lot of money, a lot more than people expected it to, most people. And so... Uh, I have I have a friend. I brought a friend to come talk to me, or talk with me uh, about Venom, uh, and that is Derek. Derek, thanks for for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about some Venom. Uh, you know, as as best we can, I suppose, and see how that works out. <laughs> And yeah, kind of just go from there. Um, so let's let's kind of set the stage here. Uh, it it's a Marvel movie, but it's not in the MCU, and <laughs> it's about a character who is typically a Spider-Man villain, but there's no Spider-Man, and there may never be a Spider-Man and a Venom mo- movie. Uh, so. W- it was it was supposed to be rated R, but then they say that it was never going to be rated R. It came out as PG-13. Uh, it's very strange. Everything kind of surrounding this movie is very strange. What what were you thinking heading into this movie? Where were your thoughts at on Venom prior to seeing the movie? I mean, my thoughts were all over the place. I mean, I, I think I... I think, like many people, I expected an R rating for the movie when it came in at PG-13. Um, I started to believe a lot of the rumors that maybe we were going to get some sort of a Peter Parker. You know, <laughs> um, maybe not Tom Holland, but some sort of a Spider-Man. Maybe it was going to be Tom Holland, but not actually in a Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> but... Um, you know the the venom the venom character seems like an R-rated character to me, and so to to bring it down to a PG-13 rating uh, felt like they were going to try to pull in a different audience, and so maybe there was going to be a surprise there. Um, so that was my first hope. Um, then you know you started to see the sales, you started to see. Um, a lot, a lot of rumors, a lot, a lot of different, and then the critics started to come in. Um, so my head was all over the place on what exactly was going to happen with this movie. I could see it flopping. 
I could see it really breaking out. And so um, going into opening weekend, I really, in a lot of ways, didn't know what to expect. Yeah, it was it was so all over the place. I remember the reviews coming in. It was generally panned across the board, but yeah. it it some the reviews walked this fine line between this is just trash or this is a dumpster fire that you can at least enjoy watching. And you know, a lot of people that I talked to were like, you know, one way or the other, and it felt like it could really go either way. And so uh, it was one of those movies that. I felt like I got to see this with a lot of people. I got to see this with a crowd. Cause I think if I had seen this on my own, like in my room on, on the computer or something like that, uh, <laughs> whatever potential enjoyment there was to be had, I didn't think it wasn't going to translate the same way in my opinion. Yeah. So, so I went and, and saw it early Thursday afternoon or evening, I suppose. And, uh, it was pretty, uh, it was one, of, it was a theater with like a hundred percent reserve seating, but it was pretty full, pretty full minus like the first row or so. Uh, so I was, you know, that made it better, <laughs> <laughs> better as an atmosphere in, in any sense, at least, which I appreciated. And I don't know, I, it was, it, it exceeded my very, very low expectations with what I had expected. So well, and and I think that I think that's what I think the the critics may have caused this movie to break out in a lot of ways because I I went I went Saturday with with my family at three o'clock theater was maybe a third full and I I expected such a dumpster fire and and I honestly you know from somebody that isn't I'm not a huge superhero fan i know that this isn't supposedly a superhero movie but it's still that type of a blockbuster i'm not into these types of movies then it gets panned by the critics so even though i was looking forward to it because it's supposedly a villain movie i was like maybe this is just going to be the my least favorite movie of 2018 Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i might this might be the first movie i ever walked out of Um, so I had zero expectations. Um, and while we could sit here for the next hour and pick apart the screenplay, um, technically we could do that for every single MCU movie. We could do that for every blockbuster movie. We could do it for Meg, none. I mean, you could do it for every technical summer blockbuster movie. Um, that's not what these movies are supposed to be about, um, and that's not what I went into it for. Um, the visual effects were fun. Uh, the, to me, the dialogue between Tom Hardy and Venom was completely hilarious. I wish they would have had more of that. So, I mean, because I went into it expecting complete nothing, um, I laughed a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. And so then I think that's where you're getting, a, as of I think last night, a 29% critic rating and an 89% audience rating, which is... Which is getting from what I the the very rudimentary research I did last night one of the biggest disparities on <laughs> that that you've seen in Rotten Tomatoes history, which I find to be fascinating. It is, you know, I I went with a friend and and both of us came out. We're like, eh, that was 
that was fine. Like, uh, it wasn't, you know, it's not going to make any of my top 10 lists at the end of the year or anything. But, you know, it, it was certainly enjoyable. It certainly had plenty of fun to it. Uh, you know, I liked the Tom Hardy Venom stuff, too. I liked Tom Hardy in general. Uh, yeah. And as as bad as some of the writing and, and some of the... There are moments where the effects don't really... Uh, stand up under the light but it 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 created enough of a of a world that i was like i could i could come back here sometime you know uh, i could i could spend another hour and a half to two hours with this character with these people if they wanted me to as long as there's like amc a list around so yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i i was very pleased very um surprised i guess by how how maligned the film had been given my own personal reaction to it because it it didn't feel like it was that much worse than say like the incredible hulk you know and that's got like a 50 something i think on rotten tomatoes (laughs) and so so like I i don't know where the distinction is being drawn there or what you know if it's just like there were better, bigger names or, or more respected people working on The Incredible Hulk or it was just the time it came out or we just have so many Marvel movies now or what the case may be. But Well, as far as a, here, here's a question for you. As far as the time it came out, I'm wondering, so we're in 2018. Mm-hmm. We've had, when you look at the three Marvel movies that have come out this year, what effect do you think, you know, Black Panther, Infinity War, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which from a Rotten Tomatoes score, all three of those movies would make it in the top ten as far as MCU movies. So we talk about, you know, fatigue as far as MCU movies. Is this just from a standpoint of Marvel, Venom was getting, it's not an MCU movie, but it's getting compared against three really good MCU movies. I don't know. It's it's. I, I think the movie felt like it. It was trying its hardest to distance distance yeah. itself from those things, right? Uh, you know, by being so dark and edgy and villainy and and whatnot. And you know, we talk about comic book and Marvel fatigue all the time, or it's talked about all the time. And then you know, Black Panther made $700 million and Infinity War broke the opening weekend box office record and everybody's paying money to see it. And, uh, you know, I think when, you know, a couple of days before the Venom came out, you know, I think the odds of it beating Ant-Man at the box office were zero for mm-hmm. most people, uh, opening weekend anyway. I don't know. It probably won't beat it domestically. But, uh, you know, and so... But we've had, you know, Ant-Man was back on July 4th weekend, so it's been three months since then. And, you know, there, was, there wasn't a three-month span earlier in this year without a Marvel movie. Because you had February with Black Panther, and then the end mm-hmm. of April was, you know. So this is the longest it's been. And I, maybe that helped it, too. Uh, I do think it's mostly just, um, you know, it's it's... 
people wanted i think people real i think a lot of people really do want like a, a, a comic book world that's more in line with some of the darker dc sensibilities they just don't want dc to make it <laughs> you know i they, like they've if if like the first like if the Thursday and Friday opening weekend of Batman v Superman box office means anything like that was a huge two days of for them and then you know it was all downhill after that yeah. but like they want it to work and then it just they keep it just keeps failing and it keeps failing yeah. and I think far different you know this is not Justice League this isn't Suicide Squad or or, or Batman v Superman it at least has. I don't know. I, I walked out of those movies and I was like, I, I never want to see them again. I don't want to, you know, with the exception of, of Wonder Woman, I was like, I never, I don't want to see these characters. I don't like them. They're not fun. I don't enjoy them. But Venom, I enjoy him. And, and yeah. you know, Tom Hardy. And and I, I would watch a sequel. I, if they make, and it sounds like they're going to make a Venom 2, I'll, I'll watch a Venom 2. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to see, I mean, I, I I think at some point we need to pick apart some of the plot holes, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, you know they they need to show. I was really disappointed in the lack of. I I wanted more appearances of Venom. Venom didn't make as many. There just wasn't enough of him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and th- there needs to be more more dialogue uh, there. Uh, so that I mean that that's a big aspect that that they need to improve upon. But yeah, I mean I would absolutely agree that this would be. And I I am not a fan of sequels. <laughs> you need to have a reason to do sequels rather than just a money grab. But mm. I I this is something at least unique. Why not? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean they they set it up for that and. You know, as much as they set up Marvel movies for sequels, and uh, it's it's you know based on the how much it's made already and its budget, we're probably looking at at least one more movie from this Venom verse or whatever they want to call it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm in well, for it. And it sounds like Sony has a number of of other properties that they want to make their own universe. I don't know if that's possible, but well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole other episode for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. we'll see. You uh, know, the other thing that I wanted to that I just thought that made Venom successful in the month of October, um, and we've seen this a couple of times just in, in the last couple of years, um, is a movie like Venom is would typically be a summer blockbuster, and more and more we see studios move the. Uh, their opening weekend date because they don't want to compete with another movie. And whether it's, whether it's black Panther, it Deadpool or Venom, you're seeing movies that would otherwise be a typical summer blockbuster, completely obliterate records in a month that would, would be more suited for a summer and I can more and more see studios if you fast forward five years from now. And, and heck, I mean, you could throw Star Wars in there. Star Wars used to open in May. That was when Star Wars always opened, was the start of the summer blockbuster season. And then they moved to December. I think more and more 
studios are going to see that they can make money on any given weekend uh, any time in the year if people want to see your movie now obviously kids are off during the summer so summer is still the blockbuster season i'm not going to say that that's going to change but i think a lot of these movies are showing that if and we're going to have halloween break some records in a couple in a couple of weeks here um we're more and more going to see that you you can make hundreds of millions of dollars outside of may through august Mm -hmm. definitely yeah uh you're right i i totally agree and you know it's i did an episode on a star is born already but you know that's you know the idea of a 80 million dollar movie coming out in october had never been done even when you adjust for inflation but the fact that it did that alongside a 40 million dollar movie opening the same weekend is just further incredible uh you know and and it's it's you know, yeah, no. the the landscape of of the box office is changing very rapidly right it now. Is. Yeah, yeah. And the record before this was was what Gra- Gravity. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Venom broke it by a huge margin. Halloween's at least going to do better than Gravity. Maybe maybe threatened to take over Venom's current record. Yeah, I mean, in the how of like three weeks. How much would that just kind of prove this theory that you, again, can can make money? I mean, Halloween is a Halloween movie, so it would need to come out around Halloween. Yeah. But again, you can make money at any given time of the year if your movie is quality and people want to see it. Yep. That's all, that's all it takes. So, which kind of brings us, which brings us back to Venom because... I don't know if it really is a quality movie. Okay, right? yeah, I would just <laughs> so so let's look at so let's actually look into the movie itself. The basic premise: we have Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock, who is a journalist, investigative reporter, uh, who is currently at the start of the movie dating Michelle Williams' character Anne, and uh, his first we get like this weird montage of him doing all his like investigative journalism and it plays like the opening 30 seconds of like a YouTube video, (laughs) which is (laughs) strange. But then he's assigned to go talk to Riz Ahmed's Carlton Drake, who is a scientist uh, who has kind of, I don't know. He, he's the Marvel or this movie's equivalent of, of like an Elon Musk almost. And he has gone into space and returned. He not not himself, but like his his money and his his product and whatnot have gone into space and returned with a, a life form, an alien life form called uh, that they're calling symbiotes. And uh, what they do is they they connect themselves to a host human being and. Uh, basically suck the life out of them or, or so, so far as he's aware. And his goal is to figure out a way to make these things cohabitable and make them so that we can leave earth and go other places and, and, you know, kind of escape a dying planet in a nutshell. Uh, so Tom Hardy checks him out, uh, kind of, you know, throws a lot, <laughs> throws some, some, some gas, some gas on the fire there. And, doesn't end well 
for for our, our good friend and protagonist of the movie, Eddie Brock, who loses his job, loses his girlfriend, uh, barely affords his house, lives like a slob, no money. Uh, it's all pretty, pretty crappy. <laughs> and so from this, so at this point, it takes us like, I don't know, what, half an hour, maybe more than that before <laughs> we're exposed to Venom at all. At all. Yeah. Which was really surprising given that this is, this movie's less than two hours long. So it does, it takes us a while to get to Venom, which you had mentioned, you know, we didn't get enough of Venom or you didn't, you wanted more Venom. And I, I agree. I think, I, I don't know. I get like, we've, to be fair, like we need some sort of background on Eddie Brock before he meets up with Venom, but it, it's, it's a lot. And I, I I don't I don't know what they could have done necessarily to get us to that point quicker without sacrificing a connection to him, but definitely had to be something, you know. Yeah, I mean I I really don't know what they could have done in those first thirty minutes. I was confused during those <laughs> first thirty minutes because again, I don't read comic books, so I'm not a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was under the impression that Venom was Venom. Um, so I spent the first 30 minutes thinking, oh, there are other symbiotes. And so apparently it's not just going to be Tom Hardy. And so I was like, there's... so I was trying to wrap my head around this whole alien invasion <laughs> and how much, how much of Tom Hardy are we even going to get and what characters are going to be important. Um, and so really... I focusing. I, I I've heard you know they needed to flush out the um, relationship between Ed Hardy and his fiance. Um, I don't even know how important she was in the storyline, um, and because you know, she comes in in the end for for a while. But there are just so many moving parts um, to, to the plot and so many characters that. Um, that that those first thirty minutes were really uh, it was it was a broken puzzle <laughs> in in many ways, and I'm not I'm not really sure that that it could have been saved, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's which is because you know I, I'm I, I'm with you. I don't really read comic books. My only exposure to Venom was in the early the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. In the worst of those three movies. Uh, so I, I, I had a, I, I had a vague idea of the character and like, but I only knew him in the context of Spider-Man, you know, his goal, as far as the other movie that he's in is concerned is to kill Spider-Man. And I was like, okay, well, there's no Spider-Man in this movie. So what, what's the, what's going to be the driving force? And so we watch for like half an hour as Tom Hardy hits rock bottom yeah. without seeing Venom at all. And I'm like, okay, so you haven't answered any of the questions that I came into this movie with yet. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, trying to rem- I'm trying to remember, like, you would think uh, the, the original invasion, the, you know, the security guard or, or the cop goes to the... Um, farmer's market and then transfers it over to the 
the woman working at the farmer's market who then, you know, I was trying to follow that because I'm like, that must be Venom. When did she run into Tom Hardy? Because there can only, (laughs) to me, I'm like, there's only one Venom. There can only possibly be one Venom. So I was following that. And then that, I don't know if that got dry. I don't even remember if that got dropped and like they're shooting spikes around. And it was just, there was so much going on. And I, I don't know if it was just a diversion away from what we were supposed to be focusing on. But um, yeah, it, it and, and what it takes away from in that first act is really what we, what, what should be being developed, which is Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. And, and, why we should care about him um and because he's really in a in a movie that is that is that where the tagline is you know the world has enough superheroes he's our protagonist and there wasn't enough of you know why why did he go in i mean i know that he's an investigative journalist um we got that montage so i get that he breaks stories but I would say it really wasn't clear as to why he would just go in and just completely trash a story like that. That that wasn't really flushed out. Um, and, and if you, as we find out later, um, you deeply love your fiance. Um, I don't know many people that would completely throw their fiance <laughs> under the bus like that. I mean, that was, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. bad move, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, man. I don't know. A lot, a lot of that just doesn't that 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 doesn't flow. And then you want to just later on show up at her door when she's got a new boyfriend six months later <laughs> and say, "Sorry, you lost your really awesome job at a really good company," and think that's okay. Like all all of that. Like, and, and so that's where you know we talked about how much money this movie made, but we could sit here for hours and really just uh, it, it could get tore apart every five minutes of the movie yeah you know he he steals or it doesn't steal but he goes onto uh, michelle williams computer he goes into classified documents he finds classified information that only she knows he uses it in the art uh, in the in the interview he he has with with uh Riz Ahmed, drake and immediately, you know, things just kind of spiral out of control and he's he's kind of left, like we are as viewers, like wondering what happened and <laughs> trying to like pick up the pieces of his, his life as we're trying to pick up the pieces of this movie. And so, so you know, we, we've set, at least at that point, the thing that I, I knew at least had been established was he's 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 out for drake right he, he he's been hurt and maligned and and ruined by by riz ahmed and he wants revenge in some capacity and and that at least i thought that was what he wanted and then like we get this scene later on where he's like no nah, i don't want any piece of that which is really strange yep. so and so then you mentioned running kind of parallel to that whole sequence was the symbiote that lands across the country, across the world mm-hmm. as the cop and then turns into the old lady and then gets transfers into that little girl at the airport to get on the plane because it knows how planes work, I guess. And then flies to 
surprise, surprise, uh, wherever Eddie Brock is, uh, in San Francisco, I guess. And then we, we, what I love is we get this one shot of the little girl and her parents with like the girls, the symbiote, they're like getting into a cab. She just like kind of looks around and then walks away. Nothing, no commotion, nothing happens. And we don't see her again. We get the six month time skip. And then after that happens, we finally see the girl show up later on at this, at Drake's factory. So it took her six months with a symbiote inside of her to walk from this airport in the same city to this laboratory. But clearly, I, I don't understand. Whatever. <laughs> if, but like in the meantime, uh, you know, Eddie Brock has his own run-in with the symbiote. He is... Uh, approached by Jenny Slate's character, who is one of the scientists that works with symbiotes, who are and like Drake is trying to connect. So there's four of them, I think, and Drake has three, and the fourth one is the little girl in the plane. He's trying to connect them with people and make them survive, and they just keep dying after a few days. And so Jenny Slate's like, I don't like this. After I don't know how many test subjects died. And so she finds Brock and for whatever reason and tells him all the details. And he's like, I don't want a piece of this. And then cut to like later that night, he calls her back and he's like, all right, I'm in. Sure. And he goes and through a sequence of events involving a homeless lady that he's friends with, uh, (laughs) he ends up infected with, or not, not even infected, but, you know, connected with, the symbiote and then we finally have venom in in real form and we still haven't heard him speak we haven't seen him yep which it would have been nice to have paused the movie and seen at what point has that (laughs) finally happened yeah would have been like what 45 minutes in at least has to be because he's able to lead because we see the effects of the sim the symbiote but he doesn't speak yet when he's like escaping the laboratory and then he shows up at home like passed out uh and i think he's like in front of the mirror and he's like asking himself a, a rhetorical question but then the venom answers him or something to that effect yeah and he does and like they still don't even have a conversation he just thinks he's crazy and it's it just it just like the movie keeps delaying and delaying and delaying and delaying the thing that was so good in the movie, the best part of it, yep. until we're almost probably closer to an hour into it before we really get dialogue happening between Venom and Eddie. Yep. Which is frustrating. Yeah. And and that dialogue between Venom and Eddie reminds me a lot of what made a movie like Deadpool so funny, right? And and that that dial that what what makes Deadpool so funny is is all throughout Deadpool. It's con it's con it's every other minute in Deadpool. In Venom, it's once every ten minutes. Yeah. It's sporadic, yes. and it's and and that that was their biggest error. If they take Venom two 
and that's all it is. It's pretty much just comedy hour between Eddie and Venom. I'd be I'd be all in. <laughs> it, it definitely, I think, because and I'd, I'd heard reports that a lot of the humor was because of uh, because of Hardy. Hardy yep. wanted to like pump like juice up the humor uh, for whatever reason, and you know, like that's totally cool. I think as we've said, like that's one of the better parts of it, but I, I think you, you end up with this movie that doesn't, it ne- never doesn't feel like humor was the intention from it. And it was obviously just kind of like inserted in later. And some of the part, some of the moments, like my, my, the thing that I laughed, I think the hardest at was when Venom tells him to jump out the window and he doesn't. <laughs> that was great. I love that. Yeah. And I, I think there needed to be more of that. There needed to be, like, make... I, I think the movie wanted to, like, have it both ways of, you know, Venom and Eddie are pals, they're best friends, and they work together, but also they wanted to make them work against each other and, and pull in opposite directions. And that's yeah. great, but it has to be done in a way where it doesn't feel like those are two separate like movies happening at the same time. And it did feel that way. Yeah. And I think that the first time we hear him speak is, is that fight in the apartment. And then we hear Venom mm. say, we'll bite their heads off and we'll put a, a pile of heads over here and we'll put a, <laughs> a pile of bodies over here and we'll have a pile of heads and we'll have a pile of bodies. And yeah. I, I am, I was laughing so hard and I'm like, okay, this, this might start to get good. And then again, I thought that then there was just going to be dialogue constantly back and forth. And there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Cause you, it's like the follow up of that scene is like this huge chase through the city uh, mm-hmm. Which visually I was I was good with I liked it visually, but there was very very little conversation and communication between the two of them. As you know, I I love the idea of you know Venom is an alien. Venom has a completely different outlook on what it is to be alive and what it is to to survive and and eat and and all this other stuff. And so you would ex- so so obviously his approach and his viewpoint on what's happening and what's going on around them is so so wildly different from from eddie's and i just i felt like you know there has to be something more just give us this running dialogue i wouldn't even care if it was like just totally voiceover and dubbed in afterwards and looked awful like you couldn't even tell that he was talking but just give us i guess i would care about that but (laughs) give us a little bit more of it you know they needed a couple more moments of that, especially in that one long sequence, I think. Yeah. Well, and then I, not, not to jump too far forward, but I think, you know, the, the dialogue at the very end was exactly, I think what we all were looking for Mm -hmm. throughout the movie. Yes. So agreed. Yeah. Cause we get to, so we, we get to a, a moment where, the movie finally kind of hits its, you know, final final act, hits its stride, and we figure out, okay, this is where we're going to f- end up ultimately uh, when the little girl does finally make her way to... She's not... I, 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 to- I really don't understand that entire side of things, but from a logical perspective. But supposedly she was just trying to 
the aliens' goal, I guess, was to get back to where they came from and then return with <laughs> like hundreds and thousands of symbiotes. Uh, and it was all of their goals, all four of them that started. And I think by the end of the by the final act of the movie, we're really only down to two, uh, which is Venom, and then the other one, which is called Riot. And so, and so, Venom changes his mind. We don't really know why. He claims it's because of Eddie, but I don't buy that. At least, not how the movie presented it. The the way they presented it in the movie is just not acceptable. No, it's yeah. I mean, well, and especially and again, we can have a discussion about the definition of a superhero, an antihero, and a villain. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you cannot just take a complete 180 based on one line. You can't just write one line and say, I was a loser too on my planet. You're <laughs> a loser too. And so my entire planet's strategy, I'm going to go ahead and fight my people um, because now I've bonded with you. I just, mm-hmm. um, I just don't feel like that would happen. No. I don't think any of us would just suddenly change our worldview based on a 30-minute interaction with somebody. That's just me. <laughs> no, I agree. And and that's kind of... That really ties back to the fact that there's no Spider-Man in this movie because uh, the the character is so... from Like, I did some, like, extracurricular reading, you know, after seeing the movie to, like, well... Because I was really confused, like why would he like it? Basically, flips a switch, and now he goes from being total villain to like antihero, yeah. borderline hero, almost. And I'm like, well, what what made him stay in like the normal comics? Like, and I couldn't really find a good answer for that, other than he just couldn't kill Spider-Man, you know. So he was always around, and so he Venom always existed, and, and could never kill Spider-Man. But you you get the what happens is they they try to i don't know convince you that these two guys eddie and venom are so similar and like they're the same variation of each other from their own place and planet and species and it it doesn't you can at least see what they mean when they talk about eddie as a loser because he's lost so many things and he's kind of a piece of crap but you don't see that on venom's side and he, yeah. he can't just say that and make it true. <laughs> you know, give us a scene of like the symbiotes in the spaceship on their way to Earth with like the other three, like bullying Venom, maybe, which would have been really fucking weird. But, <laughs> but like, at least that would have given you some sort of like, okay, I've, there's a basis for what he's saying now. It, yeah, it, it almost seems like Venom just got lazy and just wanted to hang around Earth now. Like it, it makes it doesn't make any sense. That would have been more acceptable, in my opinion. Yeah, like yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah, I, I I don't want to do the work of. Yeah, I, I, it seems like taking over this planet is going to be too much work. I just kind of want to hang out with you and bite heads. Like I like. Yeah. 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 And honestly, he like when you like. Definitely doesn't fit the definition of a villain. Doesn't fit the definition of an antihero. It, it, he's really 
by by the end of the movie, Venom slash Eddie, they're 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 bordering on the definition of a superhero. I mean, they're 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 coming up with the traits of courage and idealism, and I mean, they're 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 sacrificing themselves for the greater good. Yeah, uh, and that's that's not what the movie was billed. Um, the, the you know the, the the title track on the on the soundtrack. I mean that the, the the whole marketing campaign is really not what the movie and the storyline ends up coming across as. And so I I can definitely understand where where the critics are coming from because it's not what you're billing the movie as. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it it was enjoyable enough. I guess. Yeah. So, so if he's not he's not a villain, he's not an anti-hero. He ends the movie as a superhero in all but name, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, and if if the end credit mid credit scene is to be believed, and you know if that's going to be what sets up the sequel that comes out, sure. I I don't know. Like they can't, they can't fool us again. Obviously, if you've seen, you're not going to see Venom two if you haven't seen the first one. I assume, and so if you've seen the first one, you know he is a hero anymore. And I, I don't see how they could pr- set up a sequel where he's anything but a superhero. And at that point, your 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 movie is so opposite of the character that you've created. Or, or has supposedly been created. I, I don't know how that comes comes all comes together and makes any kind of sense. Yeah, and and so is is Venom two going to come together with this Cletus Cassidy character? I mean, what? I guess, yeah. And <laughs> and then what? Fight Spider Man? Is that what we're finding? I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and here's the other thing. I mean, we do know that the the the, la- the last um, Far From Home is the last contract um, that that uh, that Disney has the rights to Spider-Man. Okay. So it is it is conceivable that if they don't work something out, that Sony could get the rights back to Spider-Man. Suppose conceivable. Yeah conceivable (laughs) um which is not to also forget that you know you you mentioned that their venom is not the only character they want to do this with you know they have plans to do this with other spider-man villains and Mm -hmm. so forth uh including characters like craven uh who is even more absurd to make a movie without a spider-man character in it Mm -hmm. uh and I, i don't know anything about craven other than what i've been told but then, I think I read somewhere that there would be some form of Spider-Man in this Craven project if it goes all the way, uh, which is interesting because I, I don't know exactly how like the the contract reads between Sony and Marvel and Disney and all that kind of stuff as far as you know who has the rights to any of the other variations of Spider-Man. I assume it's Sony. Yeah. And uh, there's totally a world where they could make this world have the Miles Morales Spider-Man or, you know, some other variation. 
Um, but that's just going to really confuse people. <laughs> well, and then they're making this movie called, uh, what is it? Mor- Morbius, who is yeah. also in the Spider-Man universe. So if, <laughs> if all of these movies are happening and they all exist in the Spider-Man universe, there's no way that you can that Sony can move forward with their own EU <laughs> yeah. without somehow tying it back to your actual superhero. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to get they have to get Tom Holland back somehow, right? <laughs> I, I guess so. Because otherwise you're left with, you know, using the character that started it off, Venom, and he becomes your de facto like tie-in to the rest of the world, which would make him the superhero. And I don't know. It, it just, it doesn't work for me that way. Like I can, I can go see better versions of this in the MCU if I wanted a real superhero movie. Yeah. But it, it, I don't know. People, at least for one weekend, people responded to it. So, We'll see. Is, yeah, it is true. I, and I, I am reading that Morbius is set to be the beginning of a Sony Marvel universe. So whatever that's worth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so uh, let me see. The the without getting too into spoilers for the ending of the movie. Um, we didn't <laughs> the the much much uh, referenced uh, Skybeam that has happened in all the movies ever. Uh, we kind of had a play on that in this, which with more of like a electric probe, very tall pointy thing uh, as, uh, or, or rather the, that, but I, I guess more so the spaceship, which is as big <laughs> as a beam. Sure. Most of the times, uh, which is silly, <laughs> but then, uh, so we also get, this um, combat fight choreography towards the end of the movie between two symbiote characters. And I think I, I loved and hated these moments. I hated that you couldn't tell what, which way was up during most of them. Yeah. Cause it was just like webbing and dark colors just meshing together. But uh, there were these brief like instances where they would slow-mo down and you could see the individual characters like ripping apart from each other and and i loved that visually i did yeah i thought that looked so cool i don't know how they could make that like all of the fighting (laughs) somehow i don't know that that's possible but if there was a way to like incorporate that style into the fights more so i would totally love that yeah well, that was at times the only the only way that you could actually see what was going on in the right. fight scene. You know, um, it it reminded me of a few of, of the old uh, like Thor: The Dark World, where in so, in some of those movies you could not. It was so dark, the colors were so dark, you could not see the scene. You could not see the fight scenes. Um, this one had a little bit more color to it, but. Um, there's nothing that frustrates me more than you're putting together a fight scene and I cannot tell what's going on because you're putting it together in just such a dark universe. It completely defeats the purpose. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you lose track of, cause 
and you know, like that's that's part of the problem when you have your your villain basically be a different, uh, sometimes a different color, sometimes a different size, sometimes you know, different makeup uh, variation on your main character. You know, like we saw it in Iron Man, we see it all the time in all these superhero movies, and this is one of the worst offenders. It's literally just two of the same species person fighting each other. Uh, And they're both the same color. One's kind of bigger, but it doesn't really matter when it's, when your body is so fluid that you can't even make out a shape of it. I think Riot was a little grayer. I'm not sure. (laughs) Possibly. Maybe. Sure. (laughs) I guess. Uh, you know, one of them was a little shinier and yeah. whatever. Uh, so it, it really, really har- harms the, the experience if, if you don't, like you said, if you can't really tell what's happening in front of you yeah. on a screen that's like 40 feet you know, <laughs> wide. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a good thing. And then, so, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, then as we, well, I don't know how far you want to get in, in the spoilers. So actually you, I don't want to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how far you want to go to the end. So I'll let you, uh, you flow. <laughs> um, well, let's see, uh, without, uh, let's see, without, without revealing the, I guess, you know, it's a superhero movie in, in many respects. It's a comic book movie. So the expectation is, you know, as long as it's not Infinity War, the ending is going to be pretty set in stone from the beginning. And and that's, I would say, anything beyond that, I, you know, that, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, they sacrifice for the greater good, uh, which definitely happens. And... um. And at that, at that, when that happened, I was very much, I, I, I bought it. I bought that scene as it appeared to be. I don't know if you did. I didn't. No. I, okay. I, 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 that was not. I, I mean, it, it. I expected it. It obviously flowed with where the storyline was going, so it was. It wasn't like. I, I wasn't shocked by it, but it was not what. Again, um, what the movie was billed to be. Sure, sure. Uh, so we so we get this climax at the end uh, between our protagonist and antagonist, hero, villain, and then we get you know a couple scenes after that. Uh, one including um, the aforementioned Cletus, played by uh, Woody Harrelson, which was very weird for me. <laughs> The red hair and it was just a very Silence of the Lambs presentation. It was interesting, uh, and then on the but then you have this the the scene with um, the final scene that he shares with with Michelle Williams was one of the my favorite scenes in the movie. I think it like it had the perfect dynamics of like what I wanted a Venom movie to have if that makes sense. Um, more so the second half of that scene, once the reveal happens. Okay. Uh, so, you know... Y- y- All right, well, 
What do you mean? Uh, all right. Well, let's just say that spoilers, because <laughs> it'll just make it so much easier for me. So when when Eddie and, and Michelle Williams are talking, they're like on the front stoop of her her apartment. At this point, uh, if you buy what the movie is selling you, you believe that Venom has died mm-hmm. uh, in in the exhaust of the rocket earlier and i think on on one level i did buy into that but i know in like the back of mind i'm like well they can't kill him off obviously i, I didn't know how they're going to bring him back or if they like if it was going to happen in this movie if they're just gonna bring him back in the next movie or what mm-hmm. and then like they have this conversation uh which i liked i liked the conversation that they had and then you get venom's voice yeah and I was like, oh, so they're not going to explain what happened. They're just going to, like, hand wave it away that he was, like, basically burned to nothing, but he's alive somehow. Uh, and, but, like, but once he started talking, I was in again. I was like, oh, I like this. Like, he's having this fun conversation. We're watching Eddie struggle to maintain his composure with this other weird voice in his head. Uh, when he leaves the conversation, like they have this discussion about whether or not, like, what heads are okay to eat, which I liked. Um, <laughs> but, and so, you know, it ends on a high note in that way. It well, again, it ends on a high note because the best part of the movie is the dialogue between Venom and Eddie. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, I'm not so concerned about spoilers here because this entire hour we've been talking about Venom 2, so we pretty much let that get out of the bag. Fair, fair. Not really much we can say here that doesn't really kind of already let people know. Um, I I guess I what didn't really buy in because the whole movie, they, they really did make clear that these symbiotes are, I mean, as, as far as we know, they are indestructible. So, uh, well, no, I guess they, they did say that the fire, fire and something else. Yeah, um, they don't like fire and then like loud sounds. Loud, noise, loud, sounds. loud sounds don't necessarily um, kill them. It just uh, disassociates them from the body. Right. Um, we don't necessarily know if fire kills them, yet we assume that Riot is dead. But True. I don't think we know. So, and from some of the fights and uh, scenes that we've seen, um, it it can be assumed that they are fairly indestructible. The way that Venom was able to simply fix a broken leg like that. <laughs> Um, makes it seem like these are pretty superhuman beings that are just or super alien beings that are just indestructible. Yeah. Um, so, but what I don't like is that we have zero explanation as to how everything burned up and now they're back together. And then what really bothered me, and again, I'm going right back to the tagline. I know this is eighth time that I've said this. But now you like specifically outline to the audience, 
you can only eat good or you can only eat bad people. You can't eat good people. So now we are absolutely going to outline that you are the definition of a superhero. And then we're going to walk into the convenience store. So you, you pretty much just created Venom now as a superhero. Right. We only fight bad people in this. Actually, you could almost argue that now Venom is a local hometown superhero. <laughs> you could, definitely. I mean, <laughs> Venom's doing exactly what Spider-Man does, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is, just on the other coast. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, which... Oh shoot! I had a thought. Damn. That just by so so that that whole that is a complete disconnect in the in the screenplay, um, and you know me, you know I'm a screenplay guy, and and that is just, they they just completely they just didn't care about that, um, and they could have at least they could have at least tried a little bit <laughs> from that. <laughs> Well, that that's and I remember what I was going to say. It's interesting because the ending of that movie, where Hardy is basically explaining, you know, look, you can eat heads, just the bad guys' heads. Uh, it's it never after they are rejoined, you know, for the final act. There's never a sense that it's that that Venom is in control outside of the fights, right? He takes over the body to like do the combat and whatnot, but outside of that, it totally feels like Eddie is one calling all the shots. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And you know, like there's there are plenty of characters in in the history of film that are like two personalities, and and they switch off and switch back on, and very few that are like the both active at the same time the way Venom is, and I. Th- what I what I think what they should have tried to steer more toward is like the whole time it should still be Eddie trying to he sh- like even at the end of this movie he should still be like trying so hard to prevent the bad things from Venom from doing bad things mm-hmm. you know and and already it feels like he's mastered it like he's like I'm I'm number one you're mm-hmm. number two I'll call you up to the majors when I need to punch somebody in the face, but otherwise just chill out. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie has already mastered venom in one movie and, um, uh, Mark Ruffalo has been doing Hulk for 15 movies and he still can't figure out the Hulk. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's odd. I, I wasn't, it definitely needed more, conflict between the two of them for longer higher stakes and so forth no doubt yeah so uh that said (laughs) um (laughs) you you know i i'm i i gave the movie when it was all said and done a 40 out of 100 which is low but not the bottom of the barrel uh, I don't know what you do. Do you rate films on a scale, even in your head? If if not, on I do. Paper? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What What do you got? You know, I probably, yeah, I'm probably close to you. I'd probably put it right there in the middle and give it a fifty. Okay. Um, 
and I'd probably <laughs> and I'd probably say a lo- I'm giving it a little bit of a um, f you to the critics. There's a little <laughs> bit of a bump there, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Which which I, I think I think that audience score is a little bit of an f you to the critics as well. Yeah. Um. Because I just don't think it's that. I, I think it's bad. I just don't think that it's that it's that bad. Um, I think it's an average movie that has a lot of plot holes, but it's just as fun as as half of the MCU movies that I see getting a seventy five percent score by the critics. Right. I can't figure out why you're giving it a seventy five percent score. So, yeah. so that's why I'm like, I'll give it a 50% because I don't think it's any better and, and I'm not going to get it. I'm not, we won't get into the, in the MCU movies, but it's, there are MCU movies that have very higher ratings than this, that I think that this is better than. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, much more excited to rewatch this than I would be to rewatch Thor, the dark world or, yes. you know, a couple of other of the bottom tier of the MCU for sure. No question. Yep. So, yeah, I, I mean, this isn't, neither of us has really given this movie a, a resounding endorsement, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and I'm not going to go watch it at the theaters again. It's not getting more of my money. No. Um, not going to buy the DVD. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not, but it's, it's, there have been plenty of worse movies to come out this year that people have spent their money on, for sure. I, I highly doubt it's going to get any Oscar nominations <laughs> on, the, on the visual effects categories or even or anything like that. No. Nope. <laughs> I, I hope not. No. <laughs> I really hope not, too. There's a lot yeah. of more deserving uh, category, uh, movies as far as visual effects go. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, cool. So that's that's Venom. Uh, we talked about we, we throughout the whole thing. We've kind of been talking about the future of of Venom and and Sony's non MCU CU <laughs> and, and where that's going to get go. So uh, I don't know. Is there anything else tangentially related? That's what I got for you. All right. Awesome. Well, um, I guess that's that's it then. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Yeah, it was, it was great to have you here, Derek. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, we'll be, I'll be sure to reach out again. Uh, we've got a couple of things that we're talking about that you would come back for. So I'm Excellent. looking forward to that too. Absolutely. Um, I guess before you head out, is there anything you want to plug? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. Fair enough. Uh, cool. So, so uh, that's it then. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at circleoffilm or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me.
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So